Internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show. I am your host, Combat Jack. Now, listen, before we jump into this special episode, I got to let you know that this particular episode is brought to you by our great friends over at Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly hair, and sensitive skin. Check out GetBevel.com. Use the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, that's me, COMBAT, to get 20% off your first month of shaving supplies at GetBevel.com. That's G-E-T. B-E-V-E-L dot com. Man, we've been getting so much love from listeners throughout the country, man, from New York to Texas to Cali to Philly to Boston. Like, I want to give a shout-out to every listener in this country. United States, stand up. I also want to give a special, special, special shout-out to the listeners that have been making themselves heard to us throughout the world. I'm talking about Rotterdam. I'm talking about Netherlands. I'm talking about Australia. I'm talking about the United Kingdom. I'm talking about Ghana. I'm talking about South Africa. If I'm missing any country, man, just hit me. Hit us on social media. Let us know where you're supporting the Combat Jackson. But I want to basically reach out to all y'all, man, and, and, and say thank you. Um, this special episode, man, we've had in the Combat Jack show vault for like about a month. Um, but it, it got kind of like swept up in the whole hysteria of the Jeezy, the Young Jeezy episode and the Ice-T episode and the Kevin Gates episode and the John Forte episode. But this episode is a special one, man. Me and Pete wanted to focus like on the legendary, uh, iconic pioneer urban streetwear designer April Walker of the iconic Walkerwear label. You know, she she she's like the first designer to have like her own brand on a championship fight. Like Mike Tyson wore walkerware. Other than Everlast, he wore walkerware in one of his championship fights. And she changed the game, man. Like she really changed the game. And she also brought along her boyfriend, Carl Banks. That's right. Former New York Giants, two time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. You know, we wanted to talk about football and the sport and the whole nine. But Carl Banks is also a pioneer in clothing, man. He's like a He's like a wizard in terms of like owning a lot of licenses. And he also owns the starter, like starter jackets. He owns the starter brand. And I think he's really bringing that back with, with, with a splash, man. So we talked about, you know, fashion. We talked about the state of football. We touched on Ray Rice and domestic violence and, and what goes on in, in, in the football industry and how that carries out into people's domestic lives. So this is a special show. Listen, Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com, F your radio, F your TV show. And most certainly, F your podcast. Yeah. Internet, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. What's up, Premium What's Pete? going on, Combat? Man, I'm tired. I mean, we should be. I'm tired. We've been running this summer. Internet, we've been giving you all this content all summer. It doesn't stop. And right when we're about to take a rest or, you know what I'm saying, a break, we keep running. Yes, sir. You know, how you feeling, Pete? I'm feeling great. I mean, we should be tired, but, you know, we on energy drinks. I'm still, uh, you're on energy drinks. <laughs> I don't, Blueberry I don't, Red Bull. I don't drink that bullshit. That shit's not good for your colon, son. <laughs> your, your colon right now is purple. I mean, That's not I, good for you. I mean, you. be honest with you, I can't see it. So, I, I mean, I don't know what color when it is. When you shit, is it a weird color? Now, why would I know what, what color it is? You don't inspect your shit, B? I mean, you know, It's wait. a healthy thing to do, man. Not that I, you know, drink Blueberry Red Bull, man, but that... Uh, that's bad for your colons, man. Okay. How about grapefruit juice? Yo, where's A-King? A-King, uh, Is I, he coming knows? in today? I believe so. You drove him home last night, right? I mean, he lives in the furthest part of Brooklyn I ever heard in my life. He lives in farmland in Brooklyn. B. Yeah. I saw a deer. <laughs> I saw, 
I'm dead. <laughs> yo, that, yo, for real. Eight King's our brother, man, but we got to tell him don't come in until he gets his car fixed yo, because I'm not driving home yo, King, anymore. King's the only person I know you ask him, you know, where's he live? He don't give you the address. Just keep on driving. Make a right, make a left, make a right. So, so, But you made it. You made it to I the made location. It, yeah, yeah. Listen, Internets, man, you know, we like. We, I really got to thank you for the support that we've been having all summer. And, and just the, 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 the freedom that you allow us to bring, you know, any type of guest to the Combat Jack Show. And I, I'm, I'm really, I think this episode, I'm really excited and really proud about it because, you know, we brought you, you know, the legends. We've brought you the new Jacks. We've brought you the unknowns and the up-and-comings, man. But it's very rare that we really get to speak to, you know, veterans, mm. you know, that have brought a lot to the game, whatever the game is. And today we have a, a, a dynamic power couple sitting in the, in, in the booth with us. Yeah. We, we, we have... You know, we have urban fashion uh, game changer, April Walker, in the building from Walker Wear. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show, April Walker. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm glad to be here. And then we have her better, or is it her lesser half? It's her lesser half? He's, he's bigger, though. Yeah, I mean, he owns It's not own. less about he him physically, but, <laughs> but we, we have her other half, who is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. New York Giants. Dude, we have Carl Banks in the building. What's up, sir? What's happening? How you doing? Welcome to the Combat Jack Show. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan, obviously. Um, you got a great speaking voice, man. I do this every once That's in a while. No, no, you have a great speaking voice. Thank you. Why well, are you looking at me like that? He's, no, I just he, wanted to know what your intentions were. When no, you no, tell, no, no, I'm no, just no, messing with no, you. No, no, okay, you're good, man. <laughs> but I'm sorry no, I interrupted you. Um, I'm a huge fan. You know, uh, little little secret I, I you know it's not even a secret I'm I'm tuned in to the combat jack show it's it's a lot of my favorites are always on here and then I get to learn something from the new jack so I'm I'm in it okay yeah. well, well well thank you man thank you um you've been making a lot of noise recently man you've been really vocal about a lot of things and and, and I see you out there on you know online and 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 on the airwaves man making a lot of noise man yeah I um there you know a lot of issues that bother me and and um Every once in a while, somebody will ask me how I feel about something. I've never bitten my tongue about, about issues. Right. Um, so, you know, we I, I did a little um, segment on Bloomberg um, about a month ago when the Ray Rice thing, yes. the commissioner ruled that um, it was going to be a two-game suspension. And um, it didn't sit well with me. Um, and I, I know Roger Goodell well. Um, I'm business partners with the NFL because I am an NFL licensee. One of my biggest businesses is women's apparel. Yes. So when you suspend a guy, now I don't know what went on in the elevator. I know who walked off and who got dragged off. Who got dragged off, yes. So the optics of that alone. Is very shocking. Yes. So um, when that happens, and you give a guy to a two-game suspension, and then his team gives him zero on top of that. We're talking about a fan base that you're trying to appeal to. You do all these commercials, you do all of these magazine ads, and then you minimize them by saying, "Well, you know what? If your man took steroids, we may have to dock him four games. Right. But if he beats you, it's two it's games. Only two games. Right. Now, let me just say this." I think Ray Rice understands the magnitude of what he did, and he'll live with it for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's not going on. But away. as a league, 
the message that you're sending, you missed a great opportunity. Right. You know, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying, you know, ban the guy for life or whatever, because I think, you know, inherently he's a decent guy. And, and but th- you can't excuse it, though. Right. I, I don't I don't condone that. I don't even condone it with my kids. Right. You know, I have boys and girls. I'm like, if you ever put your hands on your sister. You I know? always tell my son, like, don't, don't, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, you can't. Right. Now, did you face any pushback? From, from nah. the league or from, from, from your... Why would they? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, they made their decision. I think the criticism that they got was probably stronger from other people than me. But I'm I'm in business with the league. Um, and you understand have, the culture of the league because yes. you, you're of it. Yes. Um, but I also understand that there this fan base of women have huge purchasing power, number one. Number two, they love the sport at a level probably equal to their men now. Um, is, so, is, it, is it a is it a growing demo? Is it oh really? my god, yeah, and it's the mo- and, and that demographic has more purchasing power than the men. Why is that demo growing? Because they buy for their kids, right. they buy for their men, they buy for themselves. A man buys for himself. He right. won't even buy for his son. Yeah, you know, you're, um, you're right about that. But they, they and, and to their credit, the NFL's credit, they've made a concerted effort to go out and make sure the woman fan was um, spoken to uh, over the last couple of years, made them feel important. Made them um, feel comfortable. And- right. Companies like mine didn't just make pink and light blue. You know, pink it and shrink it. That's what they used to have. Uh, <laughs> we that, make that- full apparel collections. <laughs> right. You know, so my and in my G three for her um, line, it addressed anything that was lifestyle about a woman. So, like, you take three years of investing in your women fan base just to erase it, or mm. I don't want to say you erased it, but push it back. But you definitely um, probably lost a little credibility <clears throat> when you minimize a woman um, to the level of saying. Yeah, we do not condone violence from our players against women, but this is all we can do. Right. You know, and I was a little disappointed by that. More than a little disappointed. Now that's a good point, Carl. And and I I didn't want to start the the episode on such a a, a serious note, but it is current and it, and it is a very serious thing, man. Is what is it about you? I mean, I understand that that, that you're a stand-up guy, but is there anything in your past in terms of growing up that really forces you to, 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 to have such a sense of justice with, with regard to this issue? Um, I just was always raised to do the right thing, but right. I love my mother. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So um, I respect my mother. God bless the dead. But, you know, we were raised to respect women, not to disrespect them. So um, for me, I just it's unacceptable to me. I think we have more control of situations than we know and we should be able to walk away. I mean, look, I've had situations in my youth where uh, things get out of control with women. Um, you got you tested. Just, yeah, you walk away, though. Right. You know, and there, you know, there's times I lost my mother, lost a brother to his wife. She stabbed him to death. So, but that's different, different situations. You know, <laughs> Yo, what I mean? that's how you take care of that, <laughs> right? What do you think about the whole situation with Stephen Stephen A. Smith and, and and him being suspended from ESPN for for the comments that he made um, with regard to you know there are certain instances where he feels some women 
go beyond the lines where it who knows what happens you know it's hard for a person in his position on that platform to try to preach that gospel right um is that something he can have a conversation in a barbershop sure and he can articulate it the way that he can but he's on um, camera with a time limit to make his point and that point sank you know point blank so the deli- um, it was in the delivery and it was it's the delivery it's everything because we still don't know and the reality is this it's not the first time he said it right i see what you're saying you understand what i'm saying so um i'm a huge fan of his but it was bad it was bad you can't say that and um the thing that makes it Worse is the fact that he said it before during the, the Chad uh, Johnson and oh, Evelyn Lozada oh, thing. Yeah. So it's like, now you've you've established a pattern. Pattern reinforced. Right, you've reinforced your thoughts on America, and now you're trying to say it was the first time lapping judgment when it wasn't. Right, you know. So if you want to have that conversation, and that those are your beliefs. You're gonna have to do that in the barbershop. You have to do that in your house or with your boys in the man cave with your bar, boys. Right. But that's not a public, um, that's not acceptable the thing. Right. And it's not. It's not. You know, if if you want to say, men and women should learn to um, dissolve arguments or let's 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 resolve conflict better, both men and women. That's, we should that's one way now, saying, okay. Right? And I don't know. Like I said, to this day, I don't know if that's what he meant, or you know, he's two for two on the comment. He backed those. You know, he doubled down on that. Right. But do I believe women and men should should work to you know with conflict resolution? Absolutely. Right. You know, but that's as far. I'm not gonna sit up and tell a woman, don't be walking into no beatdowns and you know <laughs> insinuating <laughs> that like your mouth gonna get you in trouble. Right, you know. Right. Um, when we hear that from my uncles and you know all of the old timers, they ain't doing nothing, and the woman knows it. Like, man, you ain't doing, ain't doing jack right. 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 Shut up, you just showing out, you yeah. know. But um, you can't say that in in um, in that forum right. because it, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just was gonna go to that point. You can't say that say that today with social media. Once you put it out there, it's amplified and it's like a Reactive, fire. Yeah. And people react to it, and now he can't explain himself, which if he didn't have a history of saying that, maybe he could have explained himself. But look, it, it's it's cause and effect television. That platform for me is getting way too um, nutty and amateur hour. Right. Um, not not accusing um, Steve Stephen A. Right. But if you if you cut on talk radio right now, um, it's crazy. If you listen to some of the subjects that come up on ESPN at times, you would think that as professionals, they know better. But it's like, okay, we got three channels. We got 24-hour programming. We got to fill it. So we got to go a little tabloid here and see if we can get people stirred up. And for somebody like me, it's it's, it's kind of a useless um, dialogue. And people get all lathered up over nothing. Like, Johnny Menzel, this Johnny, Man- leave Johnny Menzel alone. You know what? Twenty-two-year-old doesn't go out. Right. You know, and I heard you know a former player who's a member of ESPN who says Johnny Menzel should not have flipped the bird 
on the sidelines uh, of his game. And I'm saying, you are one to talk. I was on the Cleveland Browns when we played his team, Mm -hmm. and he stood in front of our bench and cursed Bill Belichick out for about five minutes. Mm. They had to pull him back to his huddle. Right. But but the the question I want to ask, and I want to ask everybody in the room, because we come from a, a certain era, and one of the, the things that that does bother me right now um, is the is the uh, hypocrisy of this uber political correctness yeah. environment that we live in right now. Yeah. Where you know things are taken. I mean, yeah, I understand that things might have been looser, you know, a decade or fifteen. You know, nah, 15 man. or 20 years ago, but it seems like right now the thought police is very aggressive. So I call them glass house police. Right. Is what they are. <laughs> They're glass house So you police. do agree that, that, that this whole oh, the, the yeah. hypocrisy era that we're living in right now. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, everybody's got an opinion on something that they already did. Right. You know, if you want somebody to do what you want or to be like you want them to be, then raise your own kids and put them in that platform. You know, I've never been around. A, a generation of supposedly authoritative people who root openly for failure for people. And it happens in music, it happens in fashion, it happens in sports, right. where they, they, they root for the car wreck. They want to see a guy implode instead of assuming that they're going to be better, assuming that at 21 years old, you're going to do something stupid. You do stupid shit. At you know what I mean? You do dumb shit. Right, right. I think two things happens that breed that in today's culture. I think that social media creates these double lives. I always say these, like, cyber bullies that have all these, like, they put up these real positive messages, and then they have a whole nother life going on. Not everyone, but I see a lot of split personalities on social media and reality shows. This whole culture of reality shows, it kind of takes us to making us feel good because we feel like we're better than. Exactly. That's kind of like Facebook. You know, um, I feel like, you know, know, I don't like Facebook. I don't. I hate Facebook. And I and I I have one, but I do not subscribe to it because I think that you see people like what you're saying is like, I know so many uh, couples and uh, people, and I'll give a couple example like that are right. Like, I love my baby. It's ten years tomorrow. Meanwhile, I'm on the phone with him the other day. He's like, oh, I can't wait. I hate this fucking bitch. Da da da. You know, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and even like you'll know people who are like you know openly like say cheating on on, on them, and then write right. all this other stuff. I, the point I'm trying to make, I just feel like it's so phony. Right. Well, now I'll tell you what I hate about Facebook um, is that I think. In my circle, I think it's an older demo as opposed right. to my audience on Twitter that tends to be a younger demo. Yeah. So there's a lot of lost context. And and with that lost context comes this holier-than-thou attitude. So I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was on this list uh, applauding me or ranking me as one of the most outspoken people on on black Twitter. Right. I love black Twitter. I think black Twitter <laughs> is such a phenomenon. I think it's such a force and and how it's changing, you know, social media right. and communication. So I took a link and I put it on Facebook. You know that I'm I'm so happy to be like top 10 or top 25 right. personality on Black Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, why does it have to be Black Twitter? And why yeah. do we have to be marginalized? And I was like, "Listen, 
I'm proud right. to be on black Twitter. And right. if anybody's marginalizing the term black, it might be you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Now, now, April, you you haven't really acclimated to Twitter. Right. I haven't. I don't get it. You don't. W- w- how long have you been on Twitter? Um, probably about at least about maybe twelve to eighteen months. Okay. But I don't. I've been inactive. I'm just really starting to really kind of like okay. If you look at how many tweets I have, you'll see like eighteen or something. I like have more than that, okay. but 62. in eighteen months, it's not a lot. Right. You know, and um, and actually, I did like this, this um, this survey yesterday on my web profile. Everything social stats, and it says. You don't tweet as much as you should. That yeah, was should. the biggest thing. Tell everybody what your Twitter handle is. Maybe you'll start. Some people internet Walkerware at Walkerware store. So see, I don't even. Know oh, that's cool. So at, at Walkerware store. Uh huh. And it, that's another thing. Wait, I've been fighting Walkerware? with Twitter to get it to Walkerware, and and it's just somebody it's else a, has that tag. I think so, but okay. it's mine. Like it's trademark infringement, but they're still. That's Twitter is the only one that is giving me a hard time. Like so. That's probably I guess why maybe, I don't like it. You know, maybe it's it's because I think it's like a, a an email address. You know what I mean? If uh-huh. if, if somebody has your email address, yeah. you know, yes, maybe that's I, what it I is. I mean, with it's it's really weird with regard to you know uh, digital rights and the whole nine. People go out there and buy like oh like yeah, people no. used to go out there and buy like russellsimmons.com yeah. or you know well, badboy.com. Yeah, and hopes and hopes of selling but it. But not not social media because people actually had Instagram. And the other one, what did they had? They had Facebook. I had to get those transferred over. I what did. about MySpace? No, I'm not on Ain't nobody on MySpace. Nobody I mean, on even like Combat, <laughs> even like even like Combat Jack. Like this, like straight. Because like, Combat's Twitter is Combat underscore Jack. The regular Combat Jack, like that, is some guy you know eating peanut butter on some his guy. ass. If you, you have know? the trademark, you can get that changed. But why don't you just find a funky? Because that's a long. Yeah, I'm ass just, Twitter. Name. I'm trying to change it. Well, maybe w- I will. W. Yeah, don't you? Or maybe w- I'll just start a new one. W- I only have like W L K E R W R. Get funky with it. Yeah. Combat. Yeah, you know what I think it is? A W. Again. I think that some people Walkwood. with Twitter. The problem is, I think that they look to put a tweet out there and be like, okay, what happens now? Right. You know, is or like you know, reply yeah, to like you know, put That's it out me. to the world. Yeah, and it's not you like can't that. Overthink. It's not I like that. I overthink yeah. it totally. I overthought Twitter for like three or four months, and I was like, I don't get it. And then I think once I replied to somebody, or somebody replied to me, and I had one of those aha moments. But you can't over. It's really just yeah. very. I, simple. I just gotta get it, I guess. Now, but now, now, but let me yes. say, with you guys, I have to defend Facebook because I'm. I'm on Facebook and I enjoy it. Right. But I enjoy it because, see, the whole social media experience is like an experience for me. So I'll, I have an older demographic yes. that, and I have people that can keep it real on Facebook that are older. And then I have an, a younger audience on Instagram. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So that's why I love it. Facebook is overwhelming for me. Yeah. I was like, she was telling me, "Baby, you gotta do Facebook." So, about so three. you weren't doing Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. Okay. So you do, you do, you do Twitter. I'm Twitter, Instagram. Yes. Um, Chill. You did get Face- a page on Facebook. Facebook. No, no, no. Facebook is right slick. Uh, uh, like well, they won't uh, let you be yeah, like, "I'm deleted. out." <laughs> They're like, "We'll be here when you come back. Yeah, 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 we'll, we'll wait for you." Yeah, because she's telling me to go on, and I, you know, sometimes I have things to say, and Facebook would be great for me, but. Remember when Facebook first came out and people had to request you via email? Yes. So I'm on page one of my registration process. And when it got to my email address, 
the whole thing starts populating. Mm. With any and everybody that's ever asked me to be a Facebook friend, I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm just open up the floodgates. Yeah, I'm like, er, pull the plug, and I'm like, how do I delete, 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 <laughs> yeah. delete? And they're like, we was, we're sorry, you, it's something that we did. Right. Can you, but we'll, you have come like 30,000 people following you on Twitter. So what I'm that, good with that. But you know that, what, That's what I'm saying. That's crazy, though. That, but you know what I do? What I do is I tend to leave Facebook for my friends and my family. Yeah. And Twitter is more so like business associates or people in, you know, my colleagues or people in the business that I work with. It's, it's funny because when I do get requests from friends and family, on Twitter, I'm like, I really don't want to stay away. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. deal with you on guys Twitter. on Twitter. Let's deal with. Let's deal with stay each other on because a little bit yeah. more intimate on Facebook. Now, I got a question. How did you guys meet? Well, she was stalking me for I don't know how long. How well, long you was <laughs> I'm gonna him? let you tell your story. Nah, we how, actually. How long have you guys been dating? Um, six years now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we've known each other. Wow, twenty some years. Maybe. Wow, what? It was. To his credit, um, Carl Jones uh, from Cross Colors. Yes. When, That's a throwback right yeah, there. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm kind of an outsider to the whole movement, but I was an insider because I was first, I was black, I was, you know. But Carl, when the whole urban fashion, when fashion started to um, transform into the likeness of people who actually – uh, wore clothes, had creativity, had innovation. Spontaneity. Yes. Um, it started to move around Carl Jones, April Walker, Carl Kanai, Maurice Malone. There was this conglomerate. Tony Shellman was yes. at Mecca at the time. Like, they were out the box. It's like, we're not going to do this It was an the explosion. Way it was an explosion. Right. So... And I, I was just having lunch with Lindell Miller, McMillan today. And it was one of those things, the box. Yes. He it was, wasn't that fashion wasn't in a box. They broke the mold. Yes. Lindell and they couldn't was my put first it. Boy, did he tell you that? Lindell no, McMillan too. But that's my like that whole thing. So he caused this summit. Like because it what, was what starting was to bubble. Like eighty nine, okay. ninety or something. But weren't, like that. weren't you playing professional football at Yeah, the time? I started I started my business my second year okay. in the league. Okay. Um, so he called this summit of all black designers and it was just kind of a think tank about think tank about how are we gonna harness this power that we have? We are about to change the whole game. Retailers wow. are now you know, because he was the first Carl Jones was the first one to get into Merry Go Round. Right. So that was a major. Now we're not dealing with little mom and pops. Mm -hmm. And that movement grew. I was just, I'm kind of a French player, but I was kind of, I just decided to go into sports because I was a huge fan of Starter at okay. the time, and I was one of the first endorsees. Right, you had to deal with them. Right. So, and I'm like, I'm getting in this business as a player. No one's ever done that before. So I was the first player to go to NFL and say, hey, I got a real business. I want to make um, apparel. So were you supported or was that like don't worry about that? I mean Nah, the NFL was incredible right. at the time. Um because I didn't go in with a dream. I actually built a business. Um and And this was then this business was licensing? Yeah, I built I started, built my own collection mm -hmm. of um leather apparel, right? And so I knew that the NFL wasn't doing anything big and tall. So I asked for it, and there was some players out there, real, you know, Starter was one of them still. 
but no one was doing leather. And I thought I could get a license for um, big and tall leather. They gave it to me. Um, but my ultimate goal was to be what starter was, right. what I am now, and still growing. But then I went to NBA. NBA's like, we can't give you, because once I got the license from the NFL, everybody that I you know, scooped on it went to all the other leagues like, we need to lock down big and tall right. leather. But that was fine with me because I went to the NBA and they gave me a license for big and tall apparel. Right. So now I got tees and fleece, right. which I, you know, it's kind of rounding out my um, my my um, portfolio oh, with yes. everything that I need to right. be a major player in the business down the line. Right. So um, and then Major League Baseball came along and they gave me outerwear too. So now I got all of this going. And I just built it. Which is amazing because you're still on the field. Yeah, but That's I spent amazing. my off days doing something substantive. Right. You know what I mean? And um, being in New York gave me that opportunity. But anyway. So anyway, you had this 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 meeting. And Carl, and then she can take it from there. But, you know, everybody went around the room introducing themselves. And Did you, um, did you see her? Were you looking at April like, damn, she's fine? No, nah, you know what? Because she was, <laughs> she was not the angry black woman, but she was Angela Davis. Like, at that time, mm. she had a lot to say. Mm. Like, she had a lot to say about, we need to do this, We're gonna this, overthrow this, the this. pigs. We cannot be soft. Mm. <laughs> you know, she's like, we are not gonna let these people take our brands and pimp us out. And, and because the guy who, and see, I, I got this so sincere history, but do you guys remember Willie Smith? Yes. Willie Smith was the guy who kind of Willie Ware? Yes, but late eighties. He when he passed away. 80s, yes, yes. Tuki was his sister. Tuki, Tuki says, Smith, who is the look, ex-wife of Robert De Niro? Right. My wife works with them. Okay. Sometimes. So Tuki was like, "Yo, don't let these people take your brand. I can't get none of my brother's stuff." Mm. So like Barney's own the Willie Ware name. Right. Mm -hmm. His family got nothing. Wow. And so Tuki was out there on her soapbox and Championing so. New you you guys got to make sure you own your stuff. Right. Even if you do a deal, do not sign your name. Right. So now Carl Jones, is, he's got the summit. And this is like the beginning of a movement that no one outside of that room knew was going to happen. Because you had literally pioneers in the room that no was not an option. They were changing. They literally changed the game. And but so, at the same time, as you're changing the game, you really didn't know. You knew you were onto something, but you really didn't know how huge that landscape was going to be. Well, you, but when the big boys start calling, you knew something. But anyway, so she's a very vocal advocate in the room. So I'm like this, looking my hand on my chin, like, "Oh, shorty's pretty." And she got a little pigtail. <laughs> she got some. Fun. She got a little pigtails a going. April, what are you saying in that? <laughs> what are you saying in that building? Yo, comment. She's the reason that he had all them tackles in that Super Bowl twenty one. No, we saying? weren't even like that though. What are you saying in that building, April? I don't even. You what, know what? what? That was fourteen. Was that fourteen? Fourteen oh seven. Fourteen sixty something. No, the atrium building. Oh, the atrium. Yeah, but were you angry when you were younger? I was. I was passionate. Right. There's a difference. Yes, Yo, but it was a lot of passionate people a lot of passion. in the room. Yeah. So, so you were passionate about. You okay, so you have to to try to envision it I was probably about 20 years old at that time 21 and shelter Adidas farmers 
And the only woman in the room? Was June there? Because June was interning for Cross Colors at that okay, time. Okay, she was probably. But you were the only <clears throat> female owner. Right. In the, in yes. The, yes. And and I've always it was a menswear business, so those elements in itself were a lot. And I was hip hop out. Like right. that's that was part of my DNA. Did you have a scully so. on? I didn't have a scully <laughs> on. I had two braids. door knockers. Okay. Probably door knockers. But the point is, I was very vocal. Yes, right. I was. I I've always been very passionate about um owning your masters about knowing your value about what you're bringing to the table about reading contracts about understanding them about um having your biz business type so that you can get what's fair and that that would build a fair dynasty mm. you know but I think that a lot of times we don't know our value. Because we're too busy looking at somebody else's shininess. Right, right. Yeah, so, so 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 Carl. Yeah. Did you like her then? No. Yeah. Actually, that whole thing for me, we were all about business right. at that time. And 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 you did not like him. No, we were friends. We, friends. we yeah. I mean and we did, let me just didn't tell you this. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Everybody in that room to this day are probably still tight. Mm. Yeah. Like me and Tony Shellman have never lost contact. Like Tony had Mecca and Nietzsche. I mean, and he's Nietzsche. had um, Born Fly. He mm -hmm. did. He's just as much a pioneer. He and I are golf buddies. But we all met up in that room. Wow. And he had like um, freaking dreadlocks at that time, right? But Carl Kanai, good dude. Maurice Malone and I. Mm -hmm. But what came Where, out of that room? Maurice Malone. Like he's that? in um, Brooklyn. Okay. He's got Williamsburg garment. He makes a great denim gene. Oh, okay. Um, but what came out of that was a support for everybody, right? right? Which is so needed. So we all, we all checked us. on each other, right. right? So when we were at Magic and Magic was bubbling, somebody would send a buyer to you, and they would send it to the, the next guy, would pass it to the next guy, to the next guy. And so we all became this really close-knit. And, and at that time... I'm telling you right now, and I was in I was in a different um, relationship at the time. Anyway, um, was I married? I was yeah, I was married. I was like two years married at that time, but we were. I, I wasn't her type. Right. I can tell you right now. What was your type? You was it? You was, was just, the rappers. I was just told gold <laughs> teeth. Well, you was, was it was, the rappers? Mercedes Benz. Like, like you would never see us together if we were in that room. Nobody well, in I'm that room. Well, I'm looking at you guys right now, and you're really clean cut. And and April, you but know, is refined. Right, but that's his job. Yo, I, I because I just came from Bloomberg. Right, okay. But my weekend, she'll tell you, yeah. I'm like, but um, it was like we all had a respect and support. So if somebody had an issue, they would sound the alarm. Like, don't deal with this retailer. You He's guys had about a to jerk you. Right, right. Right? Or if somebody's deal fell apart, they would call the next person, hey, you know anybody I could put a deal together That's with? That's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it shouldn't be amazing. It should not be but amazing. But I don't think we ever cut each other. That that was the one time, and I and I, I believe Carl called that meeting, didn't he? You know, Whoever called remember. it, we were all there. Right. Carl kind of spearheaded it because he was a little older than us. But we all had the support system. Now, it, it changed a little bit. We became competitive because... Of it was a, healthy competition. Yeah, it was healthy competition. Um... But we, to this day, will still look out for each other, you know? And that was good. And it's lost now. Right. Um, and, like, 
they are what's lost in terms of the power the support and 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 like a new generation of what you would call urban designers are nothing more than um, iron on letters on a t-shirt you know nobody's moving um, there's no movement behind an urban brand right because it's not even urban it's lifestyle now okay let's just call it what it is Everything or that's they call happening it, or they call in it streetwear right now, right? Everything that's happening now urban was created by the way. Right. streetwear. They created that, you know. But um, there was a feeling. It was a movie. No, no, no. There was a feeling. I'm gonna tell you, like when I would open up the source and see Tretch in a walkerwear, and then go down to Fulton Street and Washington Avenue, and somebody else have a walkerwear, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like. And then knowing that April Walker was a woman of color. Right. And then saying, I got to get into this. Right. A sense of pride. A, a sense of, you know, for us, about right. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I don't think that really exists it within doesn't. our community, of our community no, but anymore. What I will tell you right. is as much as we supported each other, I never was gifted a pair of Walker wear anything. I just got gifted today. She never. I like, just got gifted today. Maurice would hit me off with right. his underwear. Tony would hit me off with a rugby shirt. Right, right. She, I mean, I had everybody. You see the way he's dressed right now? Yes. That's the way right. he came to magic. Like the cornball so in the suit? So why would I even think that She's like, oh, he here's the cornball in the suit. Okay, so, so how did y'all hook fair? up? How did y'all hook up? All this love um, in the room. How did y'all hook up? We just continued to check on each other. Right. Always. Um, we always in, stay In a space friends. that was. Did you like him, April, at least a little bit? Cause they we said were, a, I always liked him a lot as right. a friend, but I didn't look at him like that. So and when did that happen? You know what when he happened? sacked her. So from my yeah, point yeah, of no, view, I don't mean, <laughs> give your point of view. I want to hear this. So my point of view. Okay, so I swear we never looked at each other like that. We only talked about business at Magic. We'd hook up. We go to dinner, whatever. You know, exchange notes. It was always all good. But he was just always straight and narrow. Just always super supportive with Walker Wear. And then I didn't see him for a while. He stopped taking my calls for a while. You started curving her? He started throwing nah, me curveballs. Life happens, right. man. You know, so go ahead. So you'd see the, no, the, the he, number he you started to press that ignore That's button. That's why I know he was checking for me on the lows because he was, he was trying to I give me the. For you? I know you were. <laughs> so, any, so anyway. Yeah, go ahead. So anyway, about, I don't know, was that like seven years ago? Now I was at the Magic Show. Yeah. And I was there. Um, with another client, and we bumped heads. Yeah. I came by the booth, and we were walking back to his booth. And I don't, I don't remember how you mentioned you were, you weren't married and you were single. And I was, you just see somebody in a whole different light. And I was like, like really? really, really, yeah. <laughs> but I'm no, but in a she whole heard it. Place now, and I'm, you know, it's funny when you're 20, you like certain things. And when you of a certain age, you mature right. and you like other things, grown man things. And right. I got a grown man now. So what? That's beautiful. Yeah, call his up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so it most of that part is true. Right. And um, I think she heard it through the rumor mill that you know I'm a couple years. I'm like a no, year. No, you told me. You year and a half me, divorce, right? You told so I me. I imagine. Don't, don't act okay, like that. Okay, I told you. All okay. right. So, so you spent a year after you I got. I spent, you know, just a year finding me, right? Okay. Um, Doing you. It's great. Yeah. Great yeah. to do that. So she and I were always, I mean, I'm, it's, it's, 
you need anything? Can I help you? How's your business? Whatever. What are you up right. to now? Right. So. So it's almost like brother and sister. Right. right. But it was. It was a. It was a, a lot of us brother that were about brother weird. and sister. That okay. sounds kind of no, weird right now. It was a lot of us. It was though. Friends, I mean, we though. had a clique that we were for whatever, even like the Breakfast Club or whatever. It was just one of them things right. where, um, and Young Young Bucks is not the one on Power One Hundred Five. It's the Breakfast Club with Molly Ringwald and all <laughs> yeah, the degenerates. Yeah, yeah. But um, the John Hughes movie. No, yeah. no, let me intercept because there are a lot of shady people in fashion and music. I don't know about sports, but in fashion and music, I would imagine in sports. I would imagine that. Um, But being involved with entertainment, the industry, being involved with fashion, it's very hard to find stand-up people. And Carl Banks is a stand-up person first. But as a man... You are a real man. Like you, you really, Thank you. you really handle your business on and off the field. And I think I, I think appreciate that, that. that. You no, see what the real. catch does. I and got a good always, woman. That's <laughs> always been the case, though. And consistency is everything. And he's one of the few people in life I can say he's always been consistent. Mm, right. This is the first interview we ever did together. Let me yeah. tell you something. This, this is, is what this, this is, is what the couch does. This is what Chuck D was talking about. I'm not used to people talking. You're not used to being this honest right now. Yeah, I'm honest, but, mean, but like this honest this, and open. This open. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm kind of close. Both of you guys are very private. Yeah, and, and, and April, as long as I've known you, I've, this is I'm, this is the most that I'm learning about you. I've known about your brand for a long right. time, but this is the most that we've ever spoken. And absolutely. Yeah. So, can I give a funny story to yes. this whole yes. when did we start dating thing? First kiss. Nah, before that. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is after that magic show, right? Yeah. Now, keep in mind the history of our relationship friendship whatever is that whenever we saw each other at a trade show it's let's hit, let's get dinner we get a group our posses go to dinner right so after that show because it had been a minute since we saw each other <clears throat> but every time we see each other it's all good so after that show she's like yo keep in touch whatever so i'm it's Did a rainy it day no nah, okay. I, I didn't see it that way I didn't hear it that way. But you said it a different way. Right, I didn't hear it that way. So I'm still in my just doing me phase, and I'm driving around, and I'm literally in the parking lot of like a wine store, the wine library. I'm like, I'm going to give me some wine and watch a movie, whatever. And then I hear there's a comedy show at Caroline's. Mm -hmm. So this is about 8 o'clock, 8.30. So I'm like, shit, I don't want to go to this thing by myself, right? And I needed somebody safe, quote unquote, safe mm. to go with, right? What do you mean safe? Because yeah, when you you're mean? single, right? Anything opens and up. And the- you're in, you you know, you ask somebody out in the intent. opens the- Like, I know April, right. right? And it's all good. Anytime we go out, we could go and laugh and be done. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I called her and I'm like, April, um, what are you doing? She's like, I'm chilling. I'm like, you want to go to a comedy club? And I and she looked, I guess, looked at her watch. Like, <coughs> no, <Nah>, I'm, <coughs> I'm not feeling too well. I'm, I'm a little under the weather. I'll catch you next time. And it was a little odd the way she said it. So yeah. I was like, that's not April. So later on, she's like, Negro, you ain't calling me for no booty call. That was a booty call. And I'm like, yo, no, no, no. She's like, it was a booty call. So are you I'm doing like, some Jedi mind trick on him right now? I'm laughing. Nah, because say, she thought it was legitimately a booty call. But I didn't hear the call me sometimes the way she said it. Right. I'm like, let's reconnect and, you know. And she was like, 
like, girl, you knew I was checking for you. And I was like, nah, really? I didn't. We don't but, get it, though. Men don't get it. Right. We don't. But then it's okay. like, but now that you open the door, open the door, what's up? I can look at you that way. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, 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 so, what's, what's not accurate about that story, April? So the, it, the way he tells it is the way he wants to see it. Mm-hmm. And I get that. So. Are you denying the booty call? Ac- no, no, accusation. No, 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 I don't deny that. Get him well, wait, call. I the have to go a few steps a, back. All right. So at Magic, I said, call me. Normally. Say it like that? Call me. Call me. Normally. Like a Brooklyn girl. Yeah. <laughs> call me. Call me. You know it. Call. Popping you your bubble gum. Call. You know, like he would call. He waited. He's failing to leave out. He, he might have waited three months. Before he calls me, mm. I'm in a space. And out of so, left, so, yeah, so. out of left, he calls me, He's and it's tra- random one night for the booty call. Exactly, night. and that and all of that was I'm gonna put her on ice because she was, you know, I know how that goes. Babe. You should have said but movie it's call. It's all good. It's all good. Yo, it I'm worked like, out. We but, got but, to the, but the relationship is like we could go like from one magic show to the next, which is six months later. Right. And maybe see each other in the street. That was the pattern of the relationship, right? So, so I'm like, this three month period, I'm picking element. up where I left off. This right. is our relationship, right. and she's like, okay. oh hell no. But, but you know, women are complex. Yeah, they are. Women, women right, are complex. Are. But can we move this? Because okay, I'm yeah, yeah, this is relationship this therapy is relationship like on this. the Combat Jack show. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys have been dating for six six years now. Yeah, it's been good. That's great. Internet. I gotta let you know that this portion of the show. Is brought to you by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. Now, if you're a fan of the Combat Jack Show, let me break down to you why I fucks with Bevel so heavy. It's clinically proven by African-American dermatologists, no less, to reduce and prevent razor bumps. It's designed from the ground up to give a smooth, bump-free shave. Another reason why I fucks with Bevel so much is because it's designed by the homie Tristan Walker, a 29-year-old entrepreneur brother who saw a hole in the African-American market grooming market and made moves to fill it. He teamed up with Nas. That's right, Illmatic, Stillmatic, you know what I'm saying? Little homie Nas, who was an angel investor in Bevel. I guess Nas got tired of having them razor bumps on his face too. So this time the little homie won big this time. Listen, I got a deluxe package a couple of weeks ago. I think I told you this on a prior episode, man. Like I don't really get face bumps, razor bumps on my face, man, but I shave my head and yo, my yo, my shit is so clean, so smooth. Like listen, I'm so excited about this. Not only because they are a sponsor, but because it's a dope product. So listen, brothers, run out there, get that bevel shaving system, man. The, 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 the shit is so clean. It comes in like this stainless steel. It's, it's, it's so grown up. It's got the little brush where you put the, the shave on your face, the shaving lotion, and it's got these, you know, bomb, and uh, man, it's dope. In other words, man, Bevel got me feeling like a grown-ass man. Say goodbye to that janky-ass magic shave that be smelling up your grandmother's foyer and get that Bevel. This is what you got to do, man. Go to getbevel.com today. Use the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to get 20% off your first month of supplies. That's getbevel.com, G-E-T. B-E-V-E-L.com and shave like a boss. April, you're back in the game. Yes. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. Um, you established your brand in 90? Right. I started in Brooklyn in Clinton Hill back in like 86, 87 with a tailor shop. And it's funny, um, some of my first customers were Milk and Giz and Light. And basically your your you're business was patterned after the fame Dapper Dan. It was. Business. Right. Okay. So backing up, I used to go to Harlem. I used to hang out in Harlem and um, I would always stop 
at Dapper Dan's, and and I was in awe at his business. It was like the Willy Wonka chocolate factory, but of fashion. He had it was a brownstone, and he had a twenty four seven custom shop for those that don't know. And he did everything from plain velour suits to uh, these fabulous, tricked out, like all leather Gucci suits Gucci, or yeah. LV. MCM, LV, MCM. everything. And he did Fendi. He did it all better than them. Right. And like 20 years later, they're doing those styles. Right. You the know? patterns. So everything. patterns, everything. But anyway, so I took, he really influenced me a lot. I wore Willie Smith when I was in high school, so he had some influence. But from the entrepreneurial hustle, I would say that, like, I was like, I could do this. And I was in school. I was at New Paul's at the time. Studying communications, right? In, in business, okay. yeah. And so I I got, I took a few of his tailors and opened a shop on a shoestring shoestring budget it was like a little hole in the wall at the time because you were working in corporate america at the time right american express okay and i I hated it Mm -hmm. so that was the beginning you know and thank god with all of the mistakes i made a lot of mistakes in the beginning it worked out you know i think i think timing is everything and at that time there wasn't anything for us I would hear the same things from my customers over and over and over again. Can you make pockets that are deeper? Can because you make the European mo- European designers were. It was pockets. all European, so it was like Calvin Klein at that time. Um, for women, it was Gloria Vanderbilt. You know, there were certain brands that were popping, but they didn't really fit our lifestyle. Our lifestyle. But it was the Brooklyn and cats the that wanted the deep pockets because you know we were getting all that money back then. You know. For whatever reason. For whatever reason, it was changing. Right. Hip-hop was going through a metamorphosis, and I think it was that spirit of being an entrepreneur was happening in music and fashion and everything. And I remember for me, when I went to, the change for me was a few things to know that this is going to be what I was going to do. I, I was at a Fresh Fest festival, and I saw Run DMC on stage. And I was like, so everything I learned about dress for success was a scam, <laughs> you know. Right. So I can do whatever I want to do, and then I saw that's that. amazing that you had that realization back then. Absolutely. But my father was in the music industry. Like I grew up as as a jazz baby, so I saw a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And he danced to his own beat, literally. So I, I already had that kind of spirit, I think. And he be, he made me believe that I could do anything I wanted right. to do. So when I saw that, it was further confirmation. And then seeing that, that was further confirmation. And that's how it all started into, like, the domino effect. And, and from there, I started with this tailor shop in Brooklyn. Um, and your first customers were Audio 2? They were one of the first. Big, and Biggie, big, yeah. And Big used to... He was a teenager at that time right. when he he used to come put stuff on layaway. That's how, how much long. were your suits for him to be putting it oh, on Oh, he layaway? was young. He was young, though. But they, were, they weren't that cheap. You know, I was doing custom suits. They were probably a few hundred dollars. But this was pre-Big Bad Boy. Of course. He's you a know? Te- he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And then, so when did you change it, the nature of your business from a tailor to a brand-oriented so, business? So what I noticed was there was one suit that I called the rough and rugged suit. 
and it was like um, a lot of my influence came from Carhartt. So it was kind of workwear meets fashion. And my whole thing was about producing durable fabrics, quality, and giving you something that you could wear up or down, meaning like you could wear it at night in the club or you could wear it in the daytime. And I wanted something that you could have not one season, but three years from now, four mm. years from now. So it was pretty much classics, you know. Um, and I think that this one suit was a denim jacket and these baggy pants with more. I, I lowered the crotch so you had more room to breathe. As a man, you can appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand these tight pants right now. Me neither. Going on, but anyway. So um, anyway, it was a hit. Right. And so... The same customers started coming back in, and they'd ask me for stuff that I would start making for videos. So I was doing EPMD. I was working with them a lot. And it just started popping up in videos, and then the artists would ask me for the same suit. And one day, um, I can't remember who, but they were like, you should do a line. And um, Jay, at that time, was very supportive. Jay, Jay, Master, Jay Master Jay, okay. Run DMC. So I was already, I'd started styling them. Right. And that opened the Def Jam doors for me. Um, to style their artists. Yeah, I started working with a lot of their artists. Styling, that was a whole another division that we had, that we did a lot of styling. Some walk away, some not. But, but you'd have to go out with them and or, or go out and find something for a particular client. Right. So, right. If if we weren't shopping for them, we were making something custom or we'd always try to plug our stuff if we could, you know. But sometimes it didn't fit like a fish bone, red hot chili peppers. It was just a whole different look. But then when you're working with Run DMC or LL Cool J, you could you can customize. So depending on who the artist was, we were able to really that helped us expand our brand. But I think because hip-hop was just taking its turn in a big way we were really paving the way we just didn't know it right you know we would it was like being young and being able to do what you love to do and being in your creative element what more could you ask for and making money that that's what we were doing and the money was good right? I tell you, you know, the back- money the money was good right yeah, the money was really good, especially in the 80s, because I, I'll be honest, not only were we producing for the for the celebrities and the rappers, but we had a big, big stake with hustlers back in the day. Like, they supported me, yeah. and I will tell you, like, they went hard for us in fashion and effect, and it really took off because of that. Retailers will tell you that, too. And like, hustlers the crack would... Era. Yeah. Put a lot of these retailers on the map. Like, right. It was good for the economy. Absolutely. Jimmy Jazz. Right. Um, I, I, those are based off of Black Bob. Simons. Yeah. Like Rob. Stylegate. Rob know? Shapiro told me this was when the crack era was going down. He's like, you can tell um, that this crack era is leaving because there's not as many hustlers in the mm. store buying. And if they're buying, they're not buying for their entire crew anymore. Right. You know. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So, so April, so let's, let's, let's go to like when you decided to really create your definitive brand the right. logo and mm-hmm. then this is walkaway okay so the first time we said okay i was i was a little intimidated because at this time i still was mainly doing a lot of costume wardrobe and styling and then we had like ready to wear 
and then we had custom so we said let's play it safe not actually do a trade show but there used to be a show called the namsby convention show mm -hmm. right it was an all men's convention show at jacob javits in the city so we rented a suite at some place called the flat hotel mm -hmm. you remember the flat mm -hmm. hotel and we invited 10 buyers thinking okay we'll be safe it was merry-go-round mm -hmm. dr j's simon's um i think it was coda mm -hmm. you know and some other shops and so we we laid it out we invited them and we asked jam master jay to come to really help reinforce like they're gonna be behind it this whole rap movement you know can the co-sign the brand right like right. it's gonna be official this is gonna be the biggest thing that they all bought and i was like in awe and i was really naive at that time because I wasn't a corporation for three years yet. You were still an individual. I was still, I was a corporation, right. but with factoring, people don't understand, like, you have to be factored as a fashion business when you don't hold your own paper, right? And But you have to almost hold your own paper and have it in the bank to be factored if you're not in business for a certain amount. It's so many catches but so many loopholes in a lot right. of loopholes just like everything else but i had all this paper now i think at my first that was my first one and so we actually had three hundred thousand dollars at that time in legitimate orders mm. that we couldn't fulfill you couldn't fulfill because the, the man was they wouldn't take my paper at that time because of a loophole because i wasn't there for three years and then there are like stick up factors Meaning purchase so order factoring, right, yeah, yeah. where they'll take very high, you know, the percentage rate was just ridiculous. You'll be in the red by the time it's all said and done. Right. So that was my first business, my rude awakening to this business. And okay, so I went back and that's how it all started. Okay. So, you know, eventually we did get, we were one of the first urban brands to go in department stores. Remember A&S? Yes. Um, Dillard's, Dayton's, you know. And it was all good. What was it about the brand that, uh, not just the start, but the cutting edge start? What was it about your brand that, like I said, we're talking about Tretch when he was red hot. Or, right. Or, 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 you know what I'm saying? Or or, or, or the puff, Puffs, you know what I'm saying? Like, Pop. Right? What, what, what was Everybody Pop. hot wanted it. Yeah, everybody Mike Tyson. That's why she didn't give it to me. She's like, you're not putting <laughs> wag juice on my brand. Shut up. Like, everybody would <laughs> have it. I'm <laughs> like, yo, April. When are you going to hit me off? Like Mike Tyson. Like how did, how did you establish a relationship with Mike Tyson so that other than Everlast, was yours the first brand, right. non-Everlast brand, to be like in, a, in a, a championship fight? It was. It was the first urban brand, and that how, was one of my proudest moments. How too, did that happen? Being from Brooklyn and being the champ. Um, it, it basically was funny. So Shaquem, so I was working with Naughty by Nature, and styling all this stuff and honestly flavor unit i was working with latifah a lot of them for years so they were like family and they came down for a fight and i was down there for a fight i think at the time yep and so it was after the fight and they were like we're going to mike tyson's house for a, a party you want to come I'm 50 like, cents old his the 50 cents house the one in connecticut no this is in vegas okay now, in vegas right? okay. so i'm like yeah so we go, 
and we get there and Jackie, his, his sister, sister Jackie, yes, right? Mike Tyson's she sister. was there. And and so she said, Come here, I want you to meet somebody, you know, and it was Mike. And so when I met him, I was in shock. He was like, Oh my God, when I was locked up, everybody used to come up and see me and they would talk about you and they would have your stuff on and Tupac and, you know, Tretch and he was naming names and it was just like for me surreal. That was like a pinch yourself moment. But then I got a call like maybe a few months later from Don King's office wow. about what was I doing with my brand and that was the start of the conversation. I went on to actually do some merchandising with Mike and work with him. Were there any were there was there any pushback that like because when you look at the boxing league, it looks like an old it's, a, it's an old boys club. It definitely and is. it's a very small a lot club. of politics. Were, were people trying to cut you out? Like absolutely, it was Vegas too, so they didn't want me to produce stuff in the MGM, and it was just really there's a lot of politics. Can in I Vegas. just interject? Because the one thing I like, I'm the outsider, right? But like the whole not being denied, we're not taking no for an answer was typical of how they operate. She put the banner up at the press conference. I'm like, who does that? Right. Like they had the ban the walkerware banner where Caesars or whatever it was supposed to be. Bum, right. bum Mike's rush. doing this, yeah. They bummer they they and what they sniped it. Yeah. They basically <laughs> sniped it. On the on the ring. You know, that was the beauty of it. Like okay, so you asked me before, I think a difference from the nineties to now is Part of what fostered that whole collective process was relationships, right? Yes. We were all coming up together. So we all wanted each other to do well together. So Because we you know if, if one of you guys did well, we all, you all did well. And that's how you absolutely. moved. Right. Yeah, that's how we moved. Tony Shellman was my first sales rep. Wow. And then he, I remember the conversation we had. We started bumping heads, and he'll tell you this. And he said... Um, you know, I want to do things this way, that way, the other. And I'm like, but this is my ship, you know. This is your business. Ship, right. yeah. I said ship, people. Ship, S-H-I-P. Ship. <laughs> right. I tell you, working with all these artists. So, so, but, so, but, but bottom line, he, he just said, he said, I said, I knew. You know how you can feel something? It's your time. Go. Go out, go there. out there and get right. it. You know, you want to do your thing, go. And I think he, he wanted... I don't know if he would ever admit this, but he wanted to to tell me that. He just felt so loyal about leaving. You know, right. it was hard for him to leave. But it he went on to start Mecca and Aniche and a lot of do a lot of other great things. And he was like one of many and that's the other part in hindsight that I can say I'm a born teacher. I teach. I educate. That's what I do. And I enjoy that part of it. So it's been a blessing. It's been a ride to watch a lot of people come out under that nest and blow up and do great things. Where did Walkerware go? Walkerware was around through 98, and then I took a break because, honestly, I got burnt out. I watched the industry become something that I did not like. What was it? It was oversaturated. It was commercialized. I saw the beginning of the end in 99, and... um. So I wanted to take a break from that, and I picked up a camera, and I started documenting it because I saw what was happening, and I saw we were we in 2000, I think in four we became this 230 billion dollar business, urban fashion that this the new generation knows nothing about. It's almost like the Black Wall Street. It's right. like it's like what happened. They don't even know about all these these brands that existed 
And I can tell you why. Why? Because all the people that were their designers, all their, they became freelance designers for big corporate companies who decided, okay, can you give me a little bit of this? Or can you, so they start picking them off and then like, and I'm not saying, cause Ralph is dope regardless, Ralph right. Lauren. But there were a lot of brands that made a lot of money imitating urban fashion. And because they had the real estate and that retail and the, and the resources and the right, they pushed some of these brands out and then they start picking off guys who's like, you know, um, your designers, everybody was just like disappearing and going to work. So my conspiracy theory has it a lot in the same timeline of when black music divisions close, right? And, and then it becomes urban. And then it becomes pop culture. Right. So now you have pop music and all these other facets and nothing against Iggy and, and these pop stars that rap now, but it's like, I call this bubblegum machine that produces, they, the corporate puppeteers produce and control things now. And I think it's been a systematic agenda in music and fa fashion. And I think we play our part. Right. So let me make us accountable on our part for not handling our business. For not knowing our worth. Absolutely. And handling our business in the process. Do you think it's evolution as the corporate machine moves on or do you think it really was conspiratorial like in, in terms of like we're going to move these innovators out i think it was hand in hand i don't know to what degree but yeah i don't think it was a mistake and i don't think it just happened like that in history yeah. i think it was boardroom stuff it, yeah because then they didn't like dealing with you they that's well, why they, they want to harness the culture yeah. and, right? and, the, and the way to control it is to take away the tony shellman's and the april walkers and not right. make brands about you supporting that because it is a woman of color there guess what just make it about the product so then we fast forward right and then russell simmons comes mm -hmm. because he understood the co corporate landscape and, and now you got in the culture right but russell was there already just to give yeah he was there you know? but russell had you know he's like juggling like 18 things at once but then he decided i'm gonna focus on fashion he's focused on fashion after film right yes okay. i know that um and then he, because he understood the corporate culture so he was now ready to radically say look this is some bullshit we're going in we want to be in these these doors like these other corporates that's robbing us right so then it was him and then puffy and then Dame, who's very talented in the fashion game, people Absolutely. don't give him enough credit. Absolutely. Like for for all you might think of Damon Dash, he is in the fashion game a talented cat. What made him talented? He had, he had an eye. Mm -hmm. He understood fashion. He understood, and he had his. He hustle. was the culture too. Right. He, and he was, was really the, culture, the real right. deal. He was like, a hustler. Yes, but he understood it, and he and he could get designers to um, interpret the things that he wanted. And he had a very good eye, very demanding. And so um, I think, you know, when you had those guys in it, it was good. Now, Russ Because basically your industry, the urban industry, and the guys that ran the industry mutated into the Russells and the Puffs and the- Well, no, because when, when the Tonys, the Aprils, the Maurice Malones, they weren't- doing the business unless they had to be at the 
the beck and call of major corporations, and now they lose their identities. And because, then, because it also wasn't proven. You have to know the timeline. We were in the early part of the game, and so it was like when I was trying to get indoors, they were like, why should I buy this? You cost the same amount as Fila, and this isn't proven. Hip-hop is going a fad. It's going to go away. Mm. So that's what I was constantly right. that was dealing what you were with. Battling it. And and when you get into the first cross colors doing a hundred million and being on the cover of Black Enterprise, it changes a little bit, you know, the conversation. So then you have the fat farms of the world and the FUBUs and that next layer to come up like, Okay, now I want terms and the terms can be a little different. You can dictate a little bit because you have some success to point to. You know? Yeah, I think it I think it does follow Fashion and music, urban music, kind of followed the same pattern. The same trajectory, in a sense. Yeah, but, like, if I could draw a parallel um, is when you look at, and I and Pete, you tell me, because I look at, you know, people say that Nicki Minaj is throwing shade at um, Iggy yeah. Azalea, and probably so, right? If we don't pay attention to what we're doing, we will lose an audience and watch the next you be something in pop. Like, I'm like, Iggy Azalea's number one, right? Yes, she is. Nikki's hot. She's a, you know, she got it all alert. But then if you rewind the tape, so was MC Hammer. But who, who was the first rapper on Billboard? The guy they re, replaced him with? Vanilla, Vanilla Ice. Ice. Yeah. You know, so this whole thing has always gone on. It's like we'll cult make you think we're cultivating you to cross you over, when yet we're cultivating someone else. Once we have your formula, yes. Once so we- you can have our audience for a minute, and if you and then you all of a sudden you think, okay, I'm gonna leave this black ish alone, right. and next thing you know, like. Wait a minute. Why? Why, well, why, is she why here? am I here by myself? Does it yeah. go? Does it go to think that maybe they try to portray a safer face? A safer, what's safer about Nicki Minaj? No, no. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm saying like people like the way they like you say like with MC Hammer, and it's true. Is he threatening? No, no. no. I, I mean, but why did they then? Because put, he know, sold oo gobs of records across the tracks, and everybody was hammer dancing. Mm. So then they said, okay, we got to get you know, and now they got Vanilla Ice. Hammer's broke. Vanilla Ice is on you know the first hip-hop artists on Billboard. Like, think about that. Hammer was more authentic, and still is, mm-hmm. because he's still around now touring. But the same, you know, fashion and music continues There was a rush to, to get Hammer out the way once yes. they discovered yes. the, Vanilla the Ice. Just like it seems like there is a rush to get Nicki out of the way like now that The Barbies, Nikki, yeah. right? The whatever, Barbies. Whatever, whatever the reason is, Pete, that is a pattern. Like, Think about this. <laughs> Janet Jackson, right? Whether you think she's um, a great vocalist or not, but her style, right? As soon as, was it Britney Spears mm-hmm. came along? A little dance thing, a little movement, a little rhythm nation, a little march, background dancers. Oh, Janet's too old. Mm. Now it's all about Britney. Now she crossed over and made a lot of money and she was as safe as they come, but it always happens. Creators and then imitators, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got to go back to your lane. So, but it, I'm sorry, but just, just sorry. my point is that we have to continue to support our own artists 
Our own artists have to continue to support Absolutely. our communities and our culture. And don't be, it's, it's beautiful to be able to sell records across, but don't alienate your culture because you have to come back. You got to come back. Or you never should leave. Right. Put it that way. Right. They because, should come to you, but you should never leave. Right. Because once you do that, and all of a sudden, your formula is now two or three other people in a different genre of music that's doing what you do, you're no longer necessary. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, once they can duplicate, but you can always have your audience. Now, when you look at all the artists that continue to tour now, they had a core that they never left. And I'm all about um, diversification, broadening horizons, but you can never, it, it should be a lesson, but um, and I'm going to get my Chuck D on yes, right now. Yes, um, yes Carl, get the Chuck D. the distractions that we have make us think that we've arrived somewhere and when we really haven't. Like, and I look, I don't knock Mona Scott's hustle, but if this is all we got, it's all we decide to focus on, right? We've always had ratchetness on TV and in whatever else. But if this is it and nobody else has a counterbalance to that, we're being distracted. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I tell my kids, I'm sorry, babe. No, I just was going to say, in previous history, in, in, in previous times, we would demand more, ask for different programming. We want some kind of variety. Right. When the 80s had way more to offer than now, that's scary. Yeah, so. And when the 70s had more also. Right. But think about this. Yeah. Like, you can have your reality TV. Now, what's the counterbalance that? Um, and who's demanding that? And that's the part that kills me right now is that kids have more power today through their social followings than we ever had. They have a bigger You voice. can have a voice and you could create the movement, but they're so distracted. While we're distracted with the ratchet, and I'm gonna, you know, do what you do, Thanks. right? Right. But you're watching your voting rights go away, you're watching your ability to attend college because you're black, educated. And, and they're taking right. away affirmative And they're taking that action. away, yeah. and you ain't seeing nothing. Mm. You know, you're you're selfieing and- You're happy with you know, your iPhone 6. Right, and you, you so <laughs> my thing is, you gotta make sure you stay for, if you're young, like, and I told my sons, I said, listen. How, how old are your sons? I have, uh, well, I'm 23, 25, 18. Okay. Um, but I'm saying, it's your fault that Arsenio Hall's off the air. Mm -hmm. There's no way after Arsenio Hall got renewed for a second year, if it was his first go round when it was our Arsenio Hall, right. that we would ever allow them to pull the plug on No, him. because he, he was all we had. Right. But for I mean, them, they think Jim, Jimmy Fallon is all they well, have. They think Jimmy Fallon's all they have. But, but Jimmy's only putting on the top. Ar Arsenio broke ax. He made you pay attention. You see what I'm saying? So him coming back, and I'm seeing uh, Schoolboy Q for the first time perform, nice. I'm like, that's what... Now, is it Schoolboy Q's responsibility to send out to all his people, hey, look, y'all got to continue to tune in to Arsenio. Right. It's tune-in time, not turn-up time. Now, 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 I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but my only question specifically, was this the right time for Arsenio as opposed to maybe somebody else Fitting that demo, you know what I'm saying? I, but Arsenio is just—he sits on the couch and talks. Right. It's not like he's performing. He's not disconnected. Right. But are, you, you but are we connected now to Arsenio? That's that's what I'm saying. 
well, as opposed to maybe somebody else. Because Arsenio was definitely our generation, and and I understand what I'm understand what I'm saying, Carl. We're speaking. We're we're, we're both preaching right. to the. We're both the choir. Right. Preaching. I hear you wholeheartedly. My only thing, as a me myself right. personally, I definitely believe in supporting black business. Right. I definitely believe in we're all we have for us by us. Mm. But in terms of how the needle moves in mm-hmm. entertainment, I was like, personally, I was like, Arsenio might be him himself mm-hmm. might just be a little too stale for for for. For this generation, not able to connect. But who's to say to Arsenio, right. put some young people in there, get your young writers in there, let's do this. But that's it was, what I, Keenan Avery Ryan, the Wayans brothers did. I thought the issue was it was him. Right, he might have been the wrong messenger. Well, now you got nobody. Now, How and, about that? And, and, Oatmeal and, and, or no meal? And you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm. I, I, I agree with you. You got nothing. So you're, now we what have, you got? We have, we have nothing. You got, you got we, to we, wait we, for Jimmy we're, Fallon we're to put somebody up. on. Exactly. Yeah. We're more fucked up. We got I, to wait for Saturday Night Live right. to put somebody on. But I think I think maybe there's there's a lot of young talent out there. There's a, It could have been Nick Cannon. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I just thought he might have been the wrong vehicle for that. Understand as as uh, on top of everything okay, else. Okay, so going on. if he's the wrong vehicle for that, right? Find the right then, vehicle. Then why is Letterman? Why all the That's guys his age? Point. That's a good point. Okay, but, but the thing is this: all the people his age, they're connecting. Uh, they're not afraid to put on the acts that they want to put on. Right. So Arsenio is just a conduit. I understand, but the, but the thing he is, he gives you your platform. Go do you. You know what I realize in entertainment, pr- primarily in black entertainment. Letterman never left. And I'm not making any excuses. But I find it so much more difficult for us when we have the momentum. Just like like Kanye said, Mm -hmm. never leave when you're hot. That's how Mm -hmm. Mace fucked up. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Arsenio had been so out of the picture for so long. That's what I'm saying. If, If he had continued... Or if they, you know, if, if the power, if they, if the powers that be had allowed him to continue, but him being away for so long and coming, it just felt. But there was nothing there. No, I so hear he you. can come back to fill right. a void. If the, like, I'm gonna just say this, if it could have been us, it could have been us. Right. On, 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 you know what I'm saying? But, but we are of Arsenio's generation, right? right? Yes. Do you interview young? Yes. Talent? Yes, I do. You interview old talent? Yes, you interview di- diverse talent? Yes. Right? Somebody says time's not right for you. Right. You've been at this for a minute, right? 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 Mm-hmm. So I'm saying with the power that we have, and this is why I miss Russell. Mm-hmm. I miss Russell Simmons. Um, and he may have, you know, he's like, I'm going to step back and let somebody else, someone else's voice come up. Because I miss Russell because he would say, hey, look, we got to support. And we're gonna rally to do this. We're gonna and Russell's doing bigger things for the culture, but I'm more concerned with the next Russell Simmons than I am Arsenio Hall being too old for the format because he's not too old for the format. Right. They sit in them chairs forever. Mm-hmm. They could take a hiatus and come back. And Johnny I'm saying, Carson. yeah. So he's a conduit for the platforms that we're so frustrated about. You understand what I'm saying? So. I'm like, support him. But it can't be us old heads, right? We oh, already there. We'll tune in. Yeah. But the demographic that has, you know, right. 16 million followers who, if you're black or you're white, whoever you are, your your followers are diverse. And they will do what you think is cool, right? So you got to support. If Arsenio's putting you on and you couldn't get sniffed 
by the other late night shows, you better be telling your followers this is the place to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I think that the, harnessing the power of social media has not been what it should be in terms of advocacy. That's all I'm saying. I, I hear you. Not you know, that's my Chuck D moment. Now, now 2014, you, right. you're back. Right. April. What, what's going on? Like, what, what's the playing field right now? And what's going on with Walk Aware? So Walk Aware is back. Yes. Congratulations. That, thank you. Thank and you. And thank you thank for you. the pieces that you, I finally got some Walk Aware thank after all you. these years. That's right. You have to represent now. Yes. Walk Aware is back. And part of me coming back was to, because I'm very passionate about the culture. And I feel like there's a conversation that, that needs to take place between Generation X and Y. On some level, some are doing it. But we did it a lot more at our time. I don't want things to go backwards. I think they should evolve and move forwards. But I think in a lot of ways, they regressed. Yes. And I think that we have so... I hate when I hear people of my age or older say, Oh, those young people, they didn't do this, that, the music, this... Close ears, close minds, you know. And then I hear younger people that are like, yeah, y'all paved the way y'all did this and that, but who cares, whatever. We just want to turn y'all up. angry and mad yeah, right Yeah, exactly. I think that that's why there's a conversation that needs to take place, you know, because we have so much to learn, especially from the younger generation. Cause and then we have so much to offer. We right have there. a lot to offer. Right. Like, I can drop jewels all day to them, but they have to have open ears. Mm-hmm. So fashion is a great canvas for me to paint with, to be able to do that and to connect to them, for me to learn and from them to learn from me. Um, And that's what I'm excited about. And that's what I've been, the last 18 months have been like tinkering in the toolbox and getting that right. Because the, the other part of me coming back was the platform that exists distribution wise. I don't have to play the retail games anymore. So you know what? Because I could you have just direct access to the direct consumer. to the consumer. I'm not really even trying to. I mean, I might sell retailers, but it's not first on my agenda. My agenda is to step into the mic. I'm back, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and just go from there and grow it slowly. Luckily, I have a consulting brand company and some other projects that I work on. So I'm watching it grow organically. And I'm feeling it out. Now, there is pressure. There's not as much pressure. There's not as much pressure. Of course, you want to do well and monetize. (laughs) There's always pressure (laughs) to perform sales wise, but it's a different beast because I I don't feel like I'm against the clock. I don't feel like here's the difference. 90s. If I had a deal or if I was being financed. A lot of what you wanted to do creatively, you couldn't because how much is that fabric? Is it under $3 a yard? Oh, you can't make that then because we have to price this at this to get so it out. So you had a boss. You know, it, in other words, yeah, it's like Def Jam and Universal back in the day. You had you a know? boss, right? You had a boss. So I didn't do well with bosses. <laughs> so Still don't like bosses. Still don't, right. So, you know, so now I get to paint and I get to have custom. I can do limited editions. And now, guess what? I'm, then we have this. But guess what? We only did 100 pieces or we only have 300 pieces. It's whatever you want. And you can create that picture and you can make it real hot and charge this. And then you have this that you can charge this for. So that part is exciting. And, and then seeing what people react to and what they don't react to 
is exciting. So just keeping it creative, but also I want my customer to buy it because they like the product. Mm. And then after they stumble upon the heritage story, I'm not pushing down the Biggie wore this, buy this. Tupac you know, people this. people always say, if I were you, I will have Biggie on the homepage of Walkerware. What are you thinking? You know, that's not what I'm trying to do. That right. would be corny to me. You right. know what I mean? And I think that it happened organically and authentically before. And that's just part of my DNA. So it'll come. It'll come right. The difference is there was like this, there was... There were different genres of artists, but they were all checking. Now, there's so many artists, and artists get paid to wear this, to do that. I'm not doing that. Right. So it's about a support system. And it actually it's, put whack juice on brands, it too. Did. It did. It hurt, it hurt them. Whack brands that sign you know, hot artists to endure, and the artists don't that really That killed the game. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like there pa- was payola killed the game. Payola yeah, killed it, it in fashion and music. And it was just like that you asked me why I walked away, that was one of the reasons. There were so many reasons. But the politics got too thick. It just became nasty. It was watered down. Everybody was like Jay they were running to see a J Lo or a Snoop Dogg dog line. Buyers grouped out at Magic and the same buyers the that buyers you had to that, really fight to get to the get right. that to real get. designers were out in the beginning when I started there was no one at Magic. I started at Magic when they wouldn't even give us a place on the floor. My first booth was not a booth. They were like, we don't understand you guys. They gave me a room, a little conference room. Me, Carl, and I and Cross Colors. You guys can share this room. Mm. And we made it look like a jail cell. And we we sent out invites that said, come serve your sentence. Mm. And we each wrote $2 million at that show. Wow. So the next show, they were like, where you want them for? Yeah, yeah, of course. So then that's how it started. And eventually, well, show them urban proof. fashion became the biggest thing. You know, we started bringing them. And then then it became Freaknik in 2000. Mm. When no one was writing paper and everybody was party. partying. And everybody was who has the biggest booth and the biggest rapper. And it was disgusting mm. to me. And that's when I wanted to pick up the camera and just document this nosedive that Wait, took place. Wait, Pete, what's your hobbies? Your your sneakerhead? I mean, I don't like to wear a sneakerhead. I'm a sneaker lover. You're a sneaker lover, right? Yeah. Um, sports. Yeah. Music. Food. Um, yeah, you got this food thing. I love that. I'm a foodie also. Yeah. yeah. I love that. But, um, so what got you into food? Um, Pete's looking at his iPhone, so I need to engage. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't looked at my iPhone yet. Uh, I like this. I like this dynamic. I'm gonna take a break. Tell Go me, ahead, Carl. Tell take me. over. How did you get? Well, I grew up in an Italian family, right. so I'm not supposed to look the way I am. Like all my family, you, you know, really we got Fat skinny. Sal, we got Fat Joe, Big Frank, you know. So you know, where's medium skinny boys. Pete? Me- medium boys. Yeah. No, listen, Combat was <laughs> wearing French toast. You know, <laughs> I went to his house the other day. I went to his parents' house the other day. And I was stuffed when I got there, and they would not let they they they, they, eat, right? they uh, I had to they I, get busy. I right? had to sit down and eat. So that, I think that's where the, the food thing comes in. So would you say, I'm asking Pete, that Spike Lee made the Nike began this whole Nike Jordan culture as the cool thing? I think he added to the flavor. You of think it. so? Yeah, I do think so. I do think that I think he he was the he was that he wasn't paprika, he was actually something Mars. that was, he was salt and pepper. He was Mars the actual flavor. 
Yeah. No Mars you, but, but, remember but, Mars? Remember? Of course. Um, um, Radio Raheem? You of course. On my, Do the right I thing. I mean, listen. That I, was, my I Italian think, cousins were in that thing. You don't the, remember? Bury him under the fucking jail. Um, the thing is, I feel like when I was growing up, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Right. So pure off of that, that will live forever. Right. I mean... I mean, we talk about LeBron. We talk about uh, KD. Right. Uh, you know, we talk about um, you know a couple other players, but nobody has ever come to match. You know, the goat, the greatness that was. Yeah. But but I also get what you're saying because I'm not a. Sp- I've never been a sports head. Right. I've always been an entertainment head. Right. And and I've always gravitated towards arts that spoke to our culture. Right. So I remember buying my ticket for She's Gotta Have It. And, he, and I remember yes. seeing this art house movie, a black, by a black director, a black and white art house movie yep. celebrating Brooklyn and hip hop culture and Michael Jordan and the Jordans. Right. So for me, who wasn't, uh, uh, you know, a Knicks or a Boston or whatever right. fan, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I think he gave that, we know, what Michael Jordan did for the the shoe game, but I think he gave that identity. He did. Yeah, I mean, he he added an extra flavor. Like even like I say, like when we talk about cultural, I mean, I grew up and, I, and it's funny. I always have to say this: uh, the the guy who created the shot drinking game is going to drink too much tonight. But um, you know, I grew up in Coney Island till I was a teenager, right. and then moved to Bensonhurst. Right. So I got boat levels mm-hmm. of, of of that 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 fashion. That you had that, a boat. No, both levels. Okay. Like so, the, the Italian sometimes, you know, we pronounce things uh, crazy. But the point I'm trying to make is, even in the height of, like, pe- like, like an Italian neighborhood that say hated blacks, mm-hmm. right? They would dip the fuck out in Michael Jordan. Absolutely. Okay. So you know they wanted to be like Mike. So I I found it amazing that they're sitting here talking about, eh, forget this black guy, this Mulian. Meanwhile, they're dipped. In Michael Jordan headband, yes. so so, you know everybody wanted to be like Mike. Yeah, and and you know I you know we had Spike on the Combat Jack show, and and, and it was a great episode, and and we spoke about this. But I I do think that you know keep in keep in mind Jordan's one of the most biggest things. Jordan brand one of the most biggest yes. brands. Most of these kids that are killing each other out there for sneakers, that are lining up that their their mothers know about it, their cousin know about right. it. They never seen Michael Jordan play a game of basketball. That's ever. power. Yeah, that's, that's state power. power. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a phenomenon. So, Carl. Yes. I wanted I wanted to spend some time talking about football. Yeah, we didn't but, even but, talk but, about but, that. But we're, we're 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 really out of time. Yo, we can. I I, I because we, you know, and, but but we can do this anytime. I mean, we can talk football whenever. And I'm I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a, I'm extend this to both of y'all, but I'm gonna really extend this to Carl since you right. are you like I see you so natural with the microphone. Right. Whenever you're in the area, just stop by. I'm good with that, man. But I have to warn you. Yes. Like, I like shit different than just football. Okay. As you can see. No, I right? know. I know. I know. No, I like talking I like things. Right. I'm like, I will talk football, and I can do that for as long as you want. Right. As long as I can have my Chuck D moments. Okay. Like, he's my hero, yes. by the way. Well, you dropped a lot of gems tonight. And, and I don't and, know and, if they were gems. It's just things. Well, you know? here's, here's, here's the thing. You know, uh People come to this episode. They see a Carl uh, Banks. They see an April Walker. You know, obviously they figure to see here's some streetwear. I don't think everybody knows your your background in streetwear, and and I'm not saying that you know I'm talking about as a whole. 
And even the young kids that are listening to the combat. I'm blown away by your knowledge. Yeah. I'm sitting here blown away by, I mean, I know that April was definitely a, 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 you know, a a leader in the industry, but I'm listening to you and I'm like, because I I didn't know this aspect of your cult, of of your, of your history. Yeah. Like if you're a sports fan, you probably own one of my jackets. Mm. Right. Yeah, and people may not Pop even your know call. that. No, I'm not but, even. But, but, you, but you just did. But like, that, that, that's <laughs> a great thing. And, and and you know what? We must go before before we we step out. There's a couple things we do. Where can we find your jackets? Everywhere. Okay. Um, and, and it's it's from Home <laughs> Shopping Network to right. Models to Foot Lockers, Fanatics, any of your favorite team sites. Um, and tell the tell the audience your brand. G3 Sports. Okay. Starter. Uh, we just relaunched Starter. Starter obviously. is yours. Starter's mine. What? Yes. The iconic satin jacket is back and then some. Really? Yeah. So what know. are we expecting with, with, with Starter right now? You should expect to have a package delivered to you and Pete real soon. Yes. That's one thing. Oh, yes. Um, Cheer. But we're going to you we inter- reintroduced the Starter satin jacket, but we're going to um, do some different things. Headwear, um, tees, fleece, a lot of the iconic stuff. If you YouTube the Jazzy Jeff, Rodney Dangerfield, right hat, wrong hat uh, commercial. Okay. Uh, we're going to have some fun with this. We're going to have some fun with it. And it was a lot of who's who in that um, in that commercial. You're gonna, we're going to do some fun stuff real soon. April, where, where can people find stuff from your, from your line? Walkaware.com, e-commerce, go, go rep. And we have a lot of surprises. Next year is our 25-year mark in terms of on paper. So we will be doing an exhibit, a 25-year exhibit, and a lot of other great surprises. Collaborations, surprises. Yeah, we have some surprises. So you, Starter, we're doing a collab with Starter. We well, have some of course, good stuff. Of course from, you guys yeah, are. Some fun stuff, no. but a lot of cool stuff. I have a fashion film series coming out that's all about what we just talked about. So we're, we're spotlighting Tony Shulman, P&B. A lot of the brands you would remember that whole P&B. golden era wow. of hip hop. We'll be doing docs on them, so that's coming soon. What were some of your favorite brands during that era? P and B. I just said one of them. Right. I just I just loved everything about what they represented. Um, Post no bills. And Post just no bills. Who they were and their statements, their social statements. I just redid a shirt that's getting ready to drop, and it was a homage to them. But I don't know if you remember the hello, my name is yes Eleanor, Michael, mm-hmm. the sticker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a whole T-shirt like the that. whole line and, of and I yeah. just got shot. I by, just did yeah. it by police brutality. Eric, you know, Eric Garner, just everybody. Wow. So I and I did a whole blog about it. So that's gonna drop soon. But we just have a whole bunch of fun, cool stuff going on, and I'm excited about Sergio it. Sergio Tacchini. You never fuck with the Sergio Tacchini. I love Sergio Tacchini. Head. Sergio Tacchini, remember Head Sweats? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, Fila, of course. I did do Fila, the sneakers, sometimes back then, but I was more of a Sergio Tacchini person. Oh, I you did, were fancy. Um, you were fancy. Jerry Jacket. Combat wore them uh, Jordash back in the day. And, and, um, no, I didn't. No, he, it, Jerry Jackets, Glo- Gloria Vanderbilt, Sassoon. I'm going way back. You, you but hear that D- was D- me. D- Diodora's back now? Diodora, yep. D- they, they, they pushing Diodora right now? That's yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So listen, April Walker, Carl Banks, thank you guys for coming to the Combat Jack Show. I definitely want to hear more from you. I definitely want to give you guys more time. And thank and you. I definitely want to definitely push whatever you guys bring to the table. Appreciate it. Carl, man. I know you got you got one last thing to say. No, I'm I'm just delighted to be here. 
Glad I could sit on the couch that so many famous people Absolutely. <laughs> sat on. Yeah. And, uh, but we got to ask Carl. I mean, I, I ask people this, and before we go, I got to ask. But being a Super Bowl champion two times, you know, what is that feeling to to win a Super Bowl? You chase it for the rest of your life. I, you know, I never did. Yeah, I never did drugs. You okay. know, I, I drank, but. Whatever the, euph- the most euphoric feeling you could ever have, you multiply that times 100, and then you want to chase that in every deal you do. I'm still looking for my Super Bowl of a business deal. Like, we had this conversation. I know we got to go. But at dinner, I went around the table. What is your Super Bowl? What is your Super Bowl? What is your Super Bowl? Like, I have one this year. I got a big one coming up, my business Super Bowl. But then I want the next one. Because you always mm. chase it. Like, that is it. And then you got your April Walker Super Bowl. That is my championship. That's the belt, World the ring, Cup, the and, ring, and the, the crown, everything. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, I, I really appreciate you guys. And you guys really are a beautiful couple. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you yeah, for having it, us, too. It, yeah, it's, it's, it, like I said, you know, um, we give the internet a lot of work. And I think this is a different episode in the sense of getting them to talk about, you know, pioneers and... And, and and couple and love and and and, and, and fashion. just because they're pioneers, let's not forget. Just because they're pioneers doesn't mean you can X them out because they're coming for your neck. Cheer. That's a pause, right? Uh, I'm mean, there's a couple of pauses in this okay. episode, but I let it go. You know why? I learned about pauses OGs. on the um, the Dame Dash episode. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I they, didn't they, know you had to pause every. <laughs> no, no, no. That no, was Dame was very excessive. He yeah, Dame was, was super right. excessive. Super, like super. anything that sounded questionable, he, he paused was, it, right? Yeah. And he's a Harlem dude, and, and that's where it started from. Yo, what are you looking at? I, I, I have this. to say a shout-out to Dave. Dave gave me Rocker, Rockefeller when he had John, he was on John Street. John Street up around here. He was trying to figure out Rockaway, and they came to me. They wanted me to do it with them. I was doing Walkaway, trying to tinker that. But he came. They were moving, and they bought five machines. And he was like, you want these machines? And I came with my truck, and got him and stuff he always gave me mad love so i know what you're built up dame yo can i say this in, yes. in honor of dame i love dame dash pause because he's is that how he that's would a say great, that's a yeah he pause. would say that's a good pause, pause. yeah good pause, but he's Carl. mad talented and people underestimate his ability in the fashion game you're right he's ill i like the way that he paused that i was gonna pause call earlier when he said that uh, that guy gave him his underwear or whatever you said. Uh, oh, that's right. Maurice Malone, right? He gave you his underwear. But, you know, Maurice Malone had the underwear that had the pocket for condoms. He okay. was the guy that did. That was his. He had just like so uh, you had all the polo and, and um, <laughs> pause. He started cleaning uh, up with the condoms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's that about? Nah, you know, um, I forget. Oh, always, what, it, what was his slogan? Always come equipped. Something like that. That was that's a that's pause. A pause. 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 <laughs> but that was his. He had yeah. the same yep. quality as Calvin Klein underwear at that time. But his big thing was he had that little, little pocket. pocket for the condo. Yeah, and it was always gonna be quick. Pause. You Thank know. you guys. There you go. Internet, you tuned into the Combat Jack Show. TheCombatJackShow dot com. Cheer. Internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Man, that was a great episode. I mean, I really hope you enjoyed it, man. Listen, Internet, once again, thanks for fucking with us. I don't have Premium Pete to close off this show today, but you already know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in Technicolor and surround sound. Blow. Numenati!
This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.